Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me as always is Mike. How you doing, Mike? Fine. Do we have to talk fast this episode? We do. We have a lot to talk about today. Great, then I'm doing fine. Everything's good. Uh, also a comment about life and Aaron Rodgers, I hate you. There it is. Yeah, just got to hit off all the bases, eh? Yeah. Did you see those stupid photos? Yes. <laughs> ah, he looks awful <laughs> and it's dumb and they got the whole show and everything and all the spotlights on him and he loves it. There were some great memes, though, you have to admit. Oh, yeah, the memes were excellent. The people's yeah. meme game is always uh, right top notch. People are always. quick to meme everything and it's awesome. It is. Uh but we do have a lot to cover today, so let's just dive straight into the news. We got a lot to cover from when we recorded last week. Uh, we'll start out with some running back news. The Patriots worked out free agent running back Daryl Henderson in addition to Leonard Fournette. Uh, the New York Giants signed wide receiver Cole Beasley and running back James Robinson. Ooh. Uh, which seemed to have been a bit of insurance potentially for Saquon Barkley. And then a few <laughs> days later, <laughs> they didn't need it because they worked out terms on a one-year deal worth $11 million, which is not much different than the franchise tag he would have been playing on anyways. Nope. <laughs> seemed like we got, we, we a lot happened, a lot of noise for nothing. to be, to end up in the same spot. So yeah. great. As most yeah. negotiations seem to go that way. Yeah, and there's a, well, there's a lot of things going around too that like he's kind of sold out the running back market because like that was part of like why the, and we're gonna talk about that in a little bit, but why all the running backs are so mad, right? Because like he deserves a big contract and he should have got one, and then he just went and settled a one year deal for pretty much the franchise tag. And it couldn't have been the signing. Like why why would that scare him? Like I understand from the Giants' perspective being like we've got to get some insurance here. Oh, absolutely. Um, but did that really scare him? I and mean, he's so much more of a talented running back. It's just odd to me that he, he would sign, especially with all the noise happening. But again, in terms of at least fantasy, I'm that very makes me very happy. Like I'm oh, very fantasy. Happy. That's great. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, great. Saquon Barkley back on the board. There you go. Yeah. Now we're just back to Josh Jacobs. So one bullet dodged, at least in your draft. Um, running back Melvin Gordon was signed by the Ravens to a one-year $3 million deal. So he'll probably be backing up J.K. Dobbins at, yeah, along with Gus up. Edwards. Yeah. Uh, running back Dalvin Cook. There is a possible suspension on the table regarding a domestic violence accusation from an ex-girlfriend. And it was noted that this could possibly be a reason why teams are hesitant to sign him. Oh. So essentially what came out in the news this cycle was that his Dalvin Cook's lawyers sent a offer to his ex-girlfriend to pay her one million dollars if she reached out to the NFL's like player conduct whatever the official right title is their board to basically say that he did nothing wrong um which was then which was declined by his ex-girlfriend and now his or her lawyers are looking to use this letter. And I guess there was a previous letter or offer sent worth less money um, as like evidence against him in a lawsuit potentially. So obviously 
all of that is still like being dealt with like in the the civil court of I don't think it's in the criminal court but I don't think the player uh, conduct policy really kicks in until you know there's an outcome in that lawsuit if I don't even know if it's actually even been filed or not or there's threatening one but as of right now like that's just kind of a little cloud looming over him it's not like there's a suspension pending at any moment right now it's just right. it could it could grow legs and become a suspension for him um and then the speculation based off of that was maybe that's why he hasn't gotten a team signing him yet. It's enough of a concern that teams might be hesitant, and that kind of gives us some clarity. Exactly, yeah. Although he does still have the the contract offer from the Dolphins, so apparently not too concerning for them, at least. Yeah, and I'm I'm a little surprised that because things have continued on, he hasn't signed on with the Dolphins, but maybe he feels there's going to be a better offer somewhere or maybe once all this is kind of worked out whatever ends up happening um that he'll get something else but yeah i'm just surprised as things continued on he wouldn't go back to the dolphins and accept even a one-year deal just to kind of uh get get the ball rolling and training camps opening up obviously he'd want to be there i would think yep all 32 training camps have officially started this week um, quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo passed his physical and will be starting training camp on time with the Raiders. So we had talked about that a few episodes ago where, you know, if he wasn't cleared to play, he could be cut with no loss to the Raiders at all. So that's yep. good for him. Yep. Um, Javante Williams will not start training camp on the preseason pup list. So again, that's the physically unable to perform list. So as of right now, he's slated to be involved in training camp. That's a good sign for his availability in the season, but still something we're going to have to monitor constantly, unfortunately, because if anything flares up in camp, that could delay his return to the field by weeks, if not months. Mm. Uh, Players who are on the preseason pup list, running back Brees Hall, running back J.K. Dobbins, running back Jonathan Taylor. Wide receiver Jace Claypool, wide receiver Marvin Jones, wide receiver Randall Cobb, wide receiver KJ Hamler, wide receiver Rashad Bateman, wide receiver Sterling Shepard, wide receiver Wandale Robinson, and tight ends CJ Uzoma and Zach Ertz. So again, this doesn't mean like that they're going to be missing time or anything by that. It just means that right now they're not in a position where they're involved in training camp. And it can be for a variety of reasons. A lot of the time, like they want to ease players back into it. Um, they got something else going on. They can be pulled off at any time. So as long as at some point between now and we get into the preseason games, they're off of that. Then you really don't need to be too concerned. But it, it, it does indicate that something is happening. So the longer that they're on that list, I guess the more that risk of something that might impact their season comes up. Um, think of Michael Thomas with stuff like that. People or people who can't train in the preseason, it doesn't always bode very well for them going into the regular season. No. Bills running back Naheem Himes suffered a significant off-site knee injury to his left ACL and will miss the 2023 season. His injury was a result of being struck by another rider while stationary on a jet ski. So mm-hmm. just a completely unfortunate, unfootball-related accident that is going to cost Hines his uh, 2023 season. So hopefully he recovers well from that. 
Lions safety C.J. Gardner-Johnson suffered a non-contact injury during Monday's practice. And so that, whenever you hear a non-contact knee injury, that's almost always worst case scenario. That's like what happened with Kyler Murray. Um, that's when it's not a it's not an impact hitting them. You know that you know okay, their knee might just be a bit banged up. That means no no one touched them. They were running, they were doing whatever, and their leg gave out underneath them. So it's almost always something tore, and it's not good for for their uh, outlook for the season. No, it's really not, and that's uh, it's it's right at the beginning of the training camp. You you often see this where where players will get injuries and it's really unfortunate because it can really put a damper on their start to the season and it just kind of shows you one I mean flukes and accidents happen but if you show up to camp even remotely unprepared and you pull something or you hurt something you aggravate something it really sets things back so it's important to keep an eye on what's going on this time of year because it could impact players that you want to pick or even just a team's overall performance especially to that I find the O-line like you, you get a lot of players who end up getting hurt on the offensive line early in camp, and that can really impact like your quarterback's ability to escape the pocket, to not get sacked all the time, to stay healthy themselves, the running game. So yeah, it's, uh, it's unfortunate to see injuries like this pop up, but it seems to happen more and more often. Yeah, well, we saw that last year with the Buccaneers. Their O-line got decimated by injuries, and it, yeah. had, it had a very noticeable effect throughout the entire season. And now he was a, a going to be a strong piece of the Lions defense this year. So now their defense is taking a step back, unfortunately, because odds are he's probably going to miss quite an extended bit of time, if not the entire season. A defense that was on the rise, too. Like, that's what's yep. unfortunate. Yeah, Ex- exactly. Uh, Chiefs wide receiver Kadarius Toney tweaked his already injured knee while fielding punts and is expected to miss some of training camp, potentially up to week one um, he ended up having surgery after the injury to clean up some cartilage in his knee so he it seems like overall they're pretty optimistic like he's not going to miss an extended period of time but just to do the timing of the injury he might not be available week one right uh 49ers quarterback brock purdy cleared to start training camp without restriction so between him and trey lance that should be a battle from start to finish in tra- uh, training camp and keep an eye on that draft late pay attention to the preseason games see who's in there and who's who gets to sit on the bench because the guy who's on the field the entire game the preseason that's not the guy you want to be drafting no you want the guy <laughs> you want the guy riding pine in, in that yeah. case yeah because that's the guy be, that's the starter yeah. it'll be very interesting to see how that relationship especially evolves um over the next little bit so yeah it'll be it'll be an interesting battle for for the uh quarterback spot there but it's at least it's going to be a competition like it's nice to see that brock purdy has been cleared because that at least will see a better sense on what's going on i I feel like they say they'll give purdy the opportunity so long as he doesn't do something crazy uh during preseason but we'll see what happens yeah it'll definitely be between the two of them and sam darnold can just be off doing his own thing i guess uh, Chargers and quarterback Justin Herbert agreed to a five-year, $262.5 million deal, which I believe is a new record for the NFL. So good on him for getting paid. Um, not sure how Austin Eckler feels about that, considering he wanted a, a new contract or to get traded, and now he's stuck on uh, the last year of yeah. his deal. 
Um, Bears, Chicago Bears and tight end Cole Komet reached an agreement on a four-year, $50 million extension. So that came out, I think, the day after the Saquon Parkley news. So there were quite a lot of comments about, you know, Cole Komet can get a four-year deal worth $50 million. Saquon Barkley gets a one-year deal for $11 million. Saquon Barkley is definitely the more valuable player there in terms of both real life and fantasy, but that's, yeah. that's the state of uh, the running back market. Like we've, we've spoken about quite a few times already in the past few weeks. And uh, Austin Eckler organized a zoom call with other top running backs regarding the contract situation developing around their position. So during that call, it was discussed that running backs could exaggerate injuries when locked in contract negotiations. Mm -hmm. not to the point that they're going to fake injuries, or at least that's not what's being broadcasted, but essentially them saying, you know, if they're not feeling a hundred percent, they're not going to practice or they're not going to play. Even though it's something like they probably could play through, they're just going to say, Nope, I'm only playing full tilt or I'm not playing at all. Um, So that's something to, uh, but that's, that's concerning because just the nature of the game, players get banged up all the time. And it happens constantly. It happens constantly. And from that, like for this season, it's going to be terrifying when your running back's name pops up as missing practice because, well, is he just having a rest day or is there something wrong? And now he's exaggerating it. And now I don't have him this week. Yeah. What's the, what's actually going on is going to be a bigger question moving forward. This running back situation is getting more volatile especially if they're now meeting to discuss it. Like they're clearly unhappy with the way they're being perceived and treated, especially by management um, when it comes to that position, which is a, you know, it's in the trenches position. It's not as protected with the rules around pass interference or hitting the quarterback. Like the running backs are right there in the trenches. So I get it and understand it. They are in a position that keeps getting injured constantly. So now you're adding that they could be, you know, exaggerating or continuing these injuries beyond that. Like it's, it's definitely a volatile position for sure. That just, it doesn't seem like a strong position to negotiate from though. Like, Oh, I'm hurt multiple times no. this season. Why would the team want to pay you? No, you know? then the, then the team's going to move on and grab someone else. No. And I, I totally think that the running backs are not looking at this from a very logical standpoint. They're looking at it as I just, I, you know, I want the money that I feel like I deserve they're not looking at it from that bigger scheme to try to like, okay, we've got to we got to show our value as individuals, or we'll get replaced by a committee. Because that's what's happening, right? Running backs yep. are being placed by committee. Like, look at what's going on even in Kansas City, and what Buffalo's been doing. Um, even what's happening with the Ravens that are they're going to have a running game. They've got backups. They've got three named running backs deep of players that they can throw out there in three different situations and a running quarterback. So I think you're going to see teams, the Falcons are doing it, uh, Detroit's been doing it. Like you just see teams not want to commit to one. So it's definitely hurting the individual's bottom line because they feel, well, why would I pay you this amount of money when I can go get three people for that price? Yep. Oh, that's absolutely right. And we have a, I think we have a fan question that relates to. to we that, do we? Uh, directly to this conversation. So this one comes from Derek via social media. Um, and Derek wants to know if all the recent situation around the running back has you guys worried at all. There's a lot of conversations about internal text chains that they're having, discussing their unhappiness. Do you think this will impact their performance this year? And more importantly, is that something we should be worried about in fantasy when it comes to drafting running backs? So that comes from Derek. Obviously, we're a little concerned. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're a little worried. 
<laughs> I, I think it's something to worry about because really, and unfortunately we won't know the answer until it starts playing out, there's one of two ways that this can go. Number one is all the running backs play their hearts out and prove like this is why you pay us big money. Or it's option two, which kind of goes along the, the injury side of things where they're like, no, we're not playing. We don't get paid. We're not playing. I'm injured. Sorry. You know, like J.K. Dobbins, he's on the pup list. It's heavily hinted that that's because he's not happy with his contract situation. Yeah. Um. So that might be something that carries on throughout the year. So like this might be a situation or this might be a season, unfortunately, where you need to draft more running backs than you're used to because you might not have the guys that you start or like you really need to get that backup handcuff because yeah. week week to week, you don't know if your starter is going to be there. You know, like if you've got Austin Eckler, you need to be drafting another Chargers running back because he might need to Eckler might miss a week or two just randomly. So you might need that backup. Same thing like Christian McCaffrey. You might need to grab Elijah Mitchell. Um, yeah, it's tough because I mean, we're, and we're talking about running backs today. We're previewing them and you can't help but have these things in the back of your mind, just like an injury. Just like off-season issues that happen with the running back, like this, all they're human beings. At the end of the day, this is going to impact things, especially if they decide they just need to sit out here and there. Like if that's what J.K. Dobbins is doing, well, others are going to start doing it as well. And like you're saying, the mid-season's the issue. Oh, I'm you know not happy, so here I am, a little bit banged up. Suddenly, missing half a game turns into missing two, two or three games, and that can really impact you in fantasy. So I, I think it's. I think it's something to definitely worry about. I think that strategy is a good way around it that you're suggesting. Try to go draft that backup then. Try to fill your bench with some backups here and there. Maybe you just need that extra running back or two just to try to make it, so at least to start, and then you can play the waiver wire later. But, I, I mean, it's definitely something you can't just ignore. Yeah, I think I think the, the two strategies everyone's going to have to consider this year is, number one, is the shotgun strategy, where you just draft five or six running backs and just hope – between those five or six, there's enough healthy ones that you can start um, or pick your two two to three core ones and then draft the backups for those two to three. Um, that way, if their starters go down or there's any shenanigans going on during the season, then at least you have you have another one ready to step in. The downside to that is you're clogging up a lot of your bench. So you're going to have to just pick and choose which strategy you think is going to work best, what everyone else is doing in the league. Because everyone else might not be concerned, right? So you might be able to get a lot of guys, you know, like they're not sexy picks, but they'll get the job done if you need them. You know, like the Kirk Cousins of the running back position, those might be the guys you be, you're be you leaning on. So see what your league is doing, see what your draft starts shaping up like, and you should have your answer there. We have another running back related fan question. Um, this one is from Jeremy who wants to know, um, I just saw that Saquon Barkley uh, signed his deal. How does this impact his uh, ranking for both of you? Do you feel like this now stabilizes Saquon Barkley and brings him back to a top-ranked running back? Yeah, I think it stabilizes him absolutely because now we don't have that worry of, am I wasting a draft pick? Now, Mike and I had ranked him assuming he was going to play, so this yeah. just it didn't really change anything for our rankings. Um, because we were hoping that this was going to be the case. So for us, it was just kind of a, the only thing that really changed was we took off the asterisk beside his name for a high risk in the draft pick, because now he should be there for all 17 games, assuming he's not injured. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you can feel a lot more comfortable taking him in your in the first round or early second round if for some reason he were to fall. I think you can feel a lot more comfortable now that he's put pen to paper and he's said he's going to play for one year deal. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's very fair. We got one more fan question here, uh, right. Josh, and this one's really interesting. So this comes from Abel, uh, who I believe has written him before. Um, and Abel says, um, one of the unique things that goes on in my draft is in addition to a draft for players, we hold a little draft beforehand that is how that is designed to make things a little more complicated. You draft one team, and on that team, you can't pick a single player from that team. So obviously, you want to be the top pick, so you can grab a team that has a terrible offense, and you're not stuck with someone who you could have grabbed potential players. It adds a little interesting uh, mix to our 10-team league and throws a little bit of uh, an interesting issue in for having to stay away from one team throughout the league would you have a recommendation for top five teams to stay away from if you had to pick a team to not pick anyone from in your fantasy draft oh man abel i really hope you're that top pick or at least in the top two because if you're at number 10 that's gotta suck that'd be real tough (laughs) that would be (laughs) nine teams already gone yeah (laughs) yeah because you're you're gonna lose out on some valuable fantasy assets probably uh, a top five for teams that I would block. Um, yeah, so I I guess I would probably put the Texans at number one because outside of Damian Pierce, there isn't really anybody there that I'm overly interested in. And I think you can replicate Damian Pierce with some other running backs out there because he's primarily volume-based. Uh, number two, I'd have the Commanders. Kind of the same thing. You're you're losing out on Brian Robinson and Terry McLaurin. Jahan Dotson, we're all expecting to have a good year this year, but that is a bit of a gamble. And ultimately, it's Sam Howell at quarterback, so it's, it's just as likely that doesn't pan out. Cardinals, um, we're expecting Kyler Murray to miss out, so... James, their offense is going to be pretty bad this year. They're, I think they're projected to be one of the worst teams um, in the NFL this year. So assuming Kyler Murray misses a good ex- chunk of time, the Cardinals are going to not have very much fantasy value until later in the year. So you might be able to get them on the waiver wire later on. I'm assu- I, Unless like it's all season, like you can't touch them even on the waiver wire, then obviously that would change uh, that. Uh, number four, the Broncos, Javante Williams. We don't know when he's going to be back. Obviously, that's a pretty valuable fantasy piece, but he is going to be missing time. And with the receiving core with Russell Wilson, we have no idea what we're walking into after an abysmal season last year. So I think you're okay to just save yourself some stress and find a different team to draft from there. And then for my fifth one, it would either be the Falcons or the Buccaneers. And I think it would be dependent on if you knew where you're being where you're drafting in your actual fantasy draft when you make this decision. Like if you know you're drafting with the number one overall pick, then you're not going to have Bijan Robinson on your team. He's going to go after your first pick and before you make your second pick. So you outside of that, you can sacrifice Drake London and Kyle Pitts and you can find a different tight end. You can find plenty of other wide receivers and outside of them, there's no one else on the team. If you know you're going to be drafting in like one of those middle range picks then there's a good chance Bijan could be on your team at which point I would not take the Falcons and I would switch to the Buccaneers and I would sacrifice Evans and Godwin because Baker Mayfield is the one throwing the ball Um, obviously they're two very good fantasy assets 
but they're going very late in the draft for a reason. It's because the fantasy community as a whole does not have a lot of faith in Baker Mayfield being able to elevate them. So if you know where you're picking and it's in a spot where you think you can get Bijan, I would have the Buccaneers at number five. If it's a spot where you're not going to end up with Bijan, then I would put the Falcons. Good list. Yep. Makes sense to me. Perfect. Thank you, uh, everyone, for writing in. We we love hearing from you. You can reach us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can get us on threads. Is, is it still called Twitter now? Is it called X now? I don't know what it's called. You can find the, us on there, the, though. Yeah, the, the app is still called Twitter. Okay. So, I mean, it's still called Twitter, and it's still called Twitter.com. And, but, I the mean, the social media Twitter. platform formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> we're on there. Um, <laughs> we're on there at Conquer Your Draft. Uh, you can go to ConquerYourDraft.com. We've got a podcast page. You can write in on there, or you can email us at contact at ConquerYourDraft. Let's get into some running back rankings. This is it. This is the big time. This is where we give you some insight for your fantasy draft. We've got rankings. I'm really fascinated to have this conversation, though some of it will be quick because there's some people there's no point in spending any time on. Yeah, that's right. And uh, we're going to go through as many as we can on here, but uh, just a little sneak peek to all the listeners. By the time our next episode comes around, we're going to have a brand new website. And part of that website, we're going to have a Patreon. So if you want access to our full lists for every position, you can get them through our Patreon. We'll give you more details next episode once it's officially live. So if you want running backs 1 through 50, that's where you'll go. But we're going to try to get through as many as we can on here today. Yep. So a number one consensus rank between Mike and I, pretty obvious for running back, Christian McCaffrey. Both Mike and I have him ranked as number one. And then the agreement stopped and everything went downhill. Yeah, this is where we we agreed the most. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, number one. He's a multi-leveled running back. He's absolutely worth being the number one rank. If you can get him uh, for, as your first running back, potentially even your first pick, uh, Christian McCaffrey is worth it. We both have him number one. I just want to reiterate for people, you're going to hear rankings for each position. So we are ranking Christian McCaffrey number one on running backs. This isn't like a list of everyone together. So Christian McCaffrey is number one. That's where we list them. When we do quarterbacks and stuff, you'll hear another number one. So just to kind of confirm that's how we're doing it. Christian McCaffrey, I think, well-earned number one spot. Yeah. And honestly, you could probably argue he could be the number one overall. But I know there is... There is a strong case for some of the wide receivers, but we'll touch base on them when we get to the wide receiver show. Number two consensus rank from the Indianapolis Colts, Jonathan Taylor. So Mike had him ranked as the number two overall. I have him ranked as number four for running backs. And for me, that just stems from uh, the injuries last year, the offense, new head coach. There's a lot of things changing in there. The offense wasn't looking very good last year. We kind of saw a step back in terms of their O-line. So for me, like obviously, like, I still think he'll be a top five. I just think there's a couple of guys that I would prefer over him this year. Yeah, I'm putting him number two because I'm just hedging my bets on a Saquon Barkley-esque bounce back from an injury season. Um, I think if he's healthy offense is going to run through him. Yes, there's some changes there, but hopefully it's changes for the better and that they're they're improving. I don't see how things could get much worse than they've been. 
for the Colts recently, um, but hopefully things move forward. So I've got him number two. Um, certainly on my my rank, there's something to be said for the top five moving around a bit. So I won't I won't push too much. I think four is a little low to rank him, but I'm also not. I move him around a little bit here and there. It was kind of a tough pick, but those are my reasons why I ranked him number two, and he ended up being two on our list. Yeah, the, one of the main reasons that I had him lower was because of Anthony Richardson and expecting him to be the um, to be the quarterback, if not in week one for the majority of this season, and he's going to take away a lot of those rushing attempts from Jonathan Taylor because that's what Anthony Richardson is made for is kind of to be like a Jalen Hurts-esque quarterback and we've seen now from Lamar Jackson from Jalen Hurts like their team's running backs take a step back because they're getting a lot less chances especially in the end zone so that that was a, a pretty big factor for me as well right so now moving on to number three for the Cleveland Browns Nick Chubb so I had him ranked as number three Mike had him ranked at number four uh, I'm assuming for you, Mike, the issue is around the offense and Deshaun Watson. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I, you know, this was one that I, I did, I was torn between three and four for Nick Chubb. Um, I, what I do like is I think regardless, the offense is going to run through him anyway. He's a stabilizing force back there with a bunch of unknowns um, in terms of how Watson's going to do. But yeah, if, if the Browns don't have a great season, if Watson can't show us, he's the type of running back he believes he is, or sorry, the type of quarterback he believes he is, then this team's going to take a big step back. So that's really why. But still, even when the offense isn't cooking as much, Nick Chubb's still that guy. He's going to get most of the touches. He's going to catch the ball in the backfield. He's going to score touchdowns. He's going to be in the rep zone. So that's kind of why I have him, yes, a little bit lower, but still in the top five. Yeah, fair enough. At number four for the Chargers, Austin Eckler. So this is actually a pretty big difference. I have him ranked at number two, but you have him ranked all the way at number six, Mike. Yes, I I pushed him back to number six. That is true. How come? Well, uh, might be recently biased, but I had him last year, and he wasn't a top five running back in my mind. Um, might statistically, yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure statistically he was. Statistically, he was. <laughs> but I got to tell you, there were weeks that he disappeared. There were weeks he didn't win me games. He never won me a single game in fantasy last year not didn't win me one game uh he was um often a a questionable during the week which is nerve-wracking and then he ends up playing anyway um i think he's unstable i think he's getting i mean he's not that old of a running back but i think he's in a position that he doesn't want to be in either i ended up ranking some of the players who are having contract issues or in places that they weren't down a little bit because of that Um, I think personally, Austin Eckler will finish out of the top five this year. That's why I have him so low. Um, I just think that those issues are something to worry about. And I think he's going to be unhappy uh, throughout this year playing for the Chargers. Really? Yeah, I do. I agree with you on the the, um, him being unhappy 100%. Um, I think it'll impact him. He just saw his quarterback get a massive contract. You brought that up earlier. Um, and again, some of it's recency bias. I had him last year. I traded for him. I traded for him the year before. He he constantly, like two years in a row in our pool, he gets traded multiple times. 
So, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, like, why didn't you keep him? If you're so high on him, you traded him away to someone, and then I ended up getting him. Why did this guy get traded twice if he's so good? I traded him for Nick Chubb, who was having a amazing first half of the year uh, until Deshaun Watson came back. <laughs> and then he got so, <laughs> yeah, like, if I could have seen in the future, like, hey, Deshaun Watson's going to come back, and then the entire team's going to implode, uh, I would have kept Austin Eckler. 100 percent um it just it looked like like i i tried to capitalize on his value because like in the first three weeks he had some pretty bad games and then he, he had did. a string of like five really solid games yeah um so that swing is when i got him the first time and then when i sold him to pick up chubb um who I, like looking back if i could go back i would have just held on to him absolutely um because of what happened with Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb. But I think he could certainly replicate that, especially in a half PPR format, which I guess we should probably mention is what these guys are all ranked based on. Based um, on half PPR. Yes. Half PPR. Yeah. Because he's such a strong pass catcher and a target for Justin Herbert, especially in the red zone. I think that puts him above a lot of other guys in terms of like, who are just like run, run the ball. Don't not involved in the pass game too much. Um, they have to be kind of exceptional. They gotta gotta be like a Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry type to uh, rank high over players like that. Yeah, I, I yes, that makes sense. Um, I think for me, I look at Austin Eckler and I look at the other players, like the players I ranked above him, like obviously McCaffrey, Taylor, and Chubb, who we've talked about so far. I had all three of those above him because I honestly would pick the three of them above him. And it's because I think Taylor's going to have a bounce back year. And I see McCafferty and Chubb as a bit more stable in as running backs than, than Eckler, even despite some of those issues. And it, it's recency bias. I had Austin Eckler. Some weeks he was fantastic. Other weeks he did nothing. He, he didn't win me a game. He was great. And I had him part of my team. And hey, I made it to the finals again. Like I, And he was part of that. And he was a late season pickup two years in a row. But I think that's the way I see him. I'm okay not drafting him. I'll pick him up on the trade route when the rest of you who love him so much trade him to me. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Happened two years Fair. in a row. Why wouldn't it happen the third? <laughs> you know enough. what I mean? Like. <laughs> yep. Uh, at number five for the Titans, Derek Henry. So this is another one where you and I are far apart. You have him yes. ranked number three. I okay. have him ranked at number eight. Uh, and the reason that he's so much lower for me is basically a combination of his age and not overly involved in the passing game. And we don't really know what their quarterback situation is going to be like this year. Like we've got Ryan Tannehill, Will Levis, Malik Davis. Uh, we saw last year, we saw Malik and Tannehill. Neither did really anything amazing. Now we've got a third one to throw in there. They just brought in DeAndre Hopkins it seems like they're going to want to focus on the passing game a bit. Um, and just his body can only do this for so long. Uh, I mean, I know it's always been a fool's a fool's errand to bet against him as he's shown for the past few years, but like you, you can only carry the ball that many times for so many years before it starts to tailor off. So I still think he could finish as a top 10. It's just, I, there are guys above or that I consider above him who are a lot less risky picks for me and who are more involved in the passing game. So those are the guys that I would prefer to go to. I prefer to go after like the Austin Eckler type rather than Derrick Henry, but by no means am I avoiding Derrick Henry either. You know, like if in multiple mock drafts, he's been my RB one 
just because of where I was drafting from. Yeah, I mean, I think I had him three because this is the last year I would have him three. Like, when if we do this again in one year from now, I'm I, regardless of even if he has a great season, which I do think he will, I'm I won't be putting him in the top five again. Um, I think this is it. This is his last year to, in my mind that he'll have a, a great season, regardless of who the quarterback is. The offense for this team is going to run through this guy. And I think he's going to score in the red zone. He's going to be the one to get down there. I think people have bet against him. He is the quiet running back of this group who complains less, you hear less from, stays healthy, and just gets the job done. And I think that stability is something that I'm looking for from if when I'm first picking a running back, especially if I'm in a situation where I give in and pick a running back first over a quarterback. Derrick Henry is one of the ones that I would do that for. Um, and that stability is there. This is the last year of it, though. I'm I'm no fool. I'm not letting him become a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers <laughs> and just picking him blindly. This is it. This would be the last year where I rank him there, but I do think he has one more great year in him. Yeah, see, I, I just remember the game against Buffalo last year where the entire Titans offense was just getting demolished by the Bills defense and just watching them stack the box to stop him. And he oh, could sure. hardly get anything done. And I just think that's going to be like a go-to defense for him. Like uh, and only, as much as people and can. There's, there's five teams in the league, Josh, who can do that though. Five defensive teams who might be strong okay. enough and good enough to do that. The Bills. Well, then that's the five weeks where he's doing nothing. If he plays them, depending upon who the Titans play, if he plays those five defenses, I mean, does do they play Philadelphia, the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Bills? Like, do they, does it, all of them because yeah that that Give might one change second a bit. i'll uh i'll i'll do a quick check here <laughs> oh Let's we're gonna see. do this yeah yeah we're gonna do this because those okay. are the four those four defenses yes are tough and if he plays two of them well that's only two weeks you might be able to work around it okay so he goes up against uh the steelers defense the ravens defense uh no problems there no no i'm not worried about the steelers and i'm not worried about the ravens not for not for stopping him no okay i'm not worried about either of them those are probably two of the toughest that he faces. Uh, I guess the Saints, but that's week one. Okay, so that's early. Uh, and then the Buccaneers, if their defense shapes up, but I think they're gonna. <laughs> I think he'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. So again, you're not like you're not naming anything that ter- totally scares me. Yes, they might be able to like hinder things here and there, but if he's not playing one of the top five defenses in the league. I'm not that concerned about it. Like, yeah, the Bills did that to him last year. Did anybody else? How, like, when did the Bills and Titans play? Was it at the end of the year? Was it in the middle? People would have seen that and tried to repeat it, and then they can't replicate it. Because just because you see something doesn't mean you can replicate it. The talent has to be there. The Bills have a good defense. We can't deny that. They they had a good defense last year. So I think that, that was in week two. Okay, so people, if that if that's even, that even makes my point better, because that means the rest of the league had all season just to know how to stop Derrick Henry, and they couldn't do it. Yeah, fair enough. All right, moving on to number six for the New York Giants, Saquon Barkley, the man of the week. Yep, I had him ranked at number seven. You have him ranked at number five. I mean, so this is about where he should be, I think. Yeah, number six overall. I think that's pretty on par with most of the fantasy community, really. Um, he's somewhere in like between the top from like eighth to f- second. I think I've seen him. So he uh, 
We're expecting he's going to play all 17 games, assuming he doesn't get injured. That has been a bit of an issue. For me, I'm still waiting to see kind of, you know, did the Giants strike gold last year and, you know, capture lightning in a bottle? Or is it something with uh, yeah. Brian Dable they can keep replicating this year? Um, That's a good question. That's why I don't have him ranked higher. Um, and I had him at five. Again, this might also be recent bi- recency bias the other way. He w- he had a great year last year. He had a he fantastic did, yep. year last year. If he can replicate he that at all, he's going to have another great year. And he was my first pick. And I picked last and I thought I was in some trouble and I got him and he had a great year. So yeah, I think, I think he would have been, he would have been a harder, but I, I think I had him five, six, seven, like bouncing around in there when I was making my list, he wouldn't have gone any higher for me because the giants, we just don't know what we're going to get out of them this year. They're a bit of an unknown. Yeah. Yeah, they are. At number seven for the Atlanta Falcons, we have Bijan Robinson. I had him ranked number six. You have him ranked number seven. So pretty on par, pretty on par with the fantasy community. Obviously, he's a rookie. We are expecting that the offense is going to run through him, expecting that he's going to be able to do great things. But at the end of the day, we've never seen him on a football field in the NFL. So there is always a chance that could go up in smoke. So there are five names ahead of him that are established Mm -hmm. elite players. I would take them over him. Uh, but I certainly see the upside, the appeal, why he's going in the first round, 100% get it. I actually did a mock draft the other day where he went number one overall. Blew me away. I did not expect that. Yeah, like, yeah, I think um, I think that's a bit high because there's a lot of unknowns and the Falcons have been such a disaster. Um, they also... You just don't know what's going to happen with that team. And they also have another young running back and other young players who might want to prove themselves. So this could go really well for them. This could go really poorly. So that's why I think six, seven, that area, that's pretty good. And that's probably as high as I would go for him. He's a risk, but, you know, I think it's a risk that could be worth taking because all the talent's there. And he's part of an offense that's going to build around him, clearly. They clearly drafted him because, look, this is our running back. So... He's going to yeah, get he's, all the chance in the world at the beginning of the year. Yeah, he's in the best possible situations a player could be in for fantasy greatness, so hopefully he can capitalize. Yeah, I almost never pick anyone from the Falcons anyway because I can never watch those games. <laughs> I just like, don't seem to get them. So No? Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, there you go. That's been an issue. I've had to pick players from teams that I can actually watch, but going to have to solve that problem this year. Yeah, you got to get yourself like some some DAZN or something. You're going to have to do something, yeah. Yeah, not sponsored. Uh, number eight for the Las Vegas Raiders, Josh Jacobs. And this is our first asterisk player. So again, yeah. the asterisk denotes we're projecting them based on them playing the full year. But for whatever reason, be it contract situation, injury, possible suspension, there is a, there is a significant chance that you're not going to have them for the full season. They might miss most of the season, half the season, whatever. They're going to miss some time. But obviously, we can't project everyone based because we don't know what they're going to miss, right? If we knew ahead of time, okay, they're going to miss 10 weeks, then okay, easy enough. We're not going to project them very high. But he could be there week one. He might not show up at all. So we're going to project. We've projected him essentially assuming he's going to play all 17 weeks. But obviously, just as a disclaimer, that asterisk basically says, draft him at your own risk because this could pan out great or this could be a wasted draft pick because of his contract negotiation. 
I have him ranked at number five. Mike, you have him ranked at number 10. Yeah. I mean, I like, <laughs> I listen, I, I, Robinson, Jacobs, the next two players, the, the player I have at nine, that's a little further down on the list. I, you know, I, I jumbled them around quite a bit. Um, at the end of the day, it ended up being, I could name nine running backs. I take over Josh Jacobs when I'm drafting. Um, I think he's still going to be a big part of the Raiders offense. I'm sure it's going to be good. They've just made so many other changes. They do have other pretty key big name players in offensive positions on the team. So I feel like the ball does get spread around. It's also the Raiders. Like I did ding them a little bit from being on a team that I don't know if they're actually going to be a playoff contender. I don't know how deep into the season they're going to be playing meaningful games. I have no idea if he's even going to play a full season. So I think that did ding it for me a little bit, even though I was like, okay, let's try to draft him assuming he plays. But because he's one of those temperamental running backs, just like an injury, I bumped him down a little bit saying, well, if someone like Robinson or Saquon or Derrick Henry are going to play a full season, well, then I'm going to, I'm going to go for them over Josh Jacobs. All right. At number nine for the Dallas Cowboys, we have Tony Pollard. I have him at nine. You have him at eight. So obviously Tony Pollard's with Zeke leaving as Zeke Elliott. He's in a great position to do great things this year. Um, Coach McCarthy has come out and basically said, he wants to run the ball more, give his defense a bit of a break. So that's great for Tony Pollard, assuming he can handle that role. I know there is some questions floating around about that. Um, but the Cowboys have always utilized their their running backs. We got great years out of Zeke Elliott, and we've had great games out of Tony Pollard over the past two years. So hopefully we can see that replicated on a more weekly basis. Yep. Uh, I think this is about where he should be. This makes sense for his pick. I mean, you and I are pretty close. You know, you had him nine, I had eight. I think that's relatively the same. So, yeah, that's about where I think he should be. At number 10 for the Cincinnati Bengals, we have Joe Mixon. So this is where the math started getting complicated. <laughs> yeah, because you've got him at 13 and I have him at 11. Yep. But <laughs> he ends up being a... number 10. <laughs> yeah, because of uh, the tiebreakers I had to go to. And the guys underneath him in this list, uh, they the gaps became started to get a lot wider. So, mm. congratulations, Joe Mixon. You're number ten. See, I see Joe Mixon exactly kind of where I ranked him, and even where you rank him. Where I, you know, if we were, I've seen some people when they do lists, they you know negotiate with each other. This is where I'm willing to negotiate back. Where I would say, okay, Joe Mixon could drop down to thirteen. Like I see him just outside of top ten. Like not not number ten, but like eleven, twelve, thirteen in that range is kind of where I see him. And I've had Joe Mixon before in, in the draft, like a couple of years ago. I I think he can be very good. I think he's part of a powerful offense that knows how to spread the ball around in different ways. I just see him just outside the top ten. That's where I where I kind of see Joe Mixon. Yeah, I'm with you. You have him ranked at eleven. I have him ranked at thirteen. I think he would be great as your running back too get an elite yeah. running back and then have him no problems. I would probably not feel so great about him being my best running back. Yeah. But... I, I, I agree with you. If you, if you pick someone else from our top 10 and then Joe Mixon's your, your next running back pick and you have someone like Mixon and really anyone else, BJ Robinson and Joe Mixon. Yeah. You're throwing in a risk with a rookie, but you've got two players who I think are going to make big impacts. 
it, you feel even better if you have Austin Eckler and Joe Mixon or Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon. Like that's a great, that's a great combo. Yeah, so that's a great combo. That's, that's really where I see him. The the kind of around just outside the top ten, but a good solid number two. Yeah, that's right. At number 11 for the Carolina Panthers, we have Miles Sanders. I had him ranked at number 12. Mike, you have him ranked at number 13. And I don't know about you, but like mine is pretty much based on I don't. I think their offense is going to have to go through Miles Sanders. I don't yeah, see I where else it's going. Yes, yeah. I think I completely agree with you, especially with a rookie quarterback that we don't know what's going to kind of happen there. Um, I agree with you. I think that everything's going to go through Miles Sanders, so that's where I that's why I have him, and I think we're on the same page for him. At number twelve. For the Jacksonville Jaguars, Travis Etienne Jr. Now, Mike, you have him a lot higher than me. I have him down at 17. You have him up at number 12. Yeah, I have him right where he ends up being. Um, Right where he ends up being, yep. I mean, listen, I think the Jaguars are a team on the way up. And I think, uh, you know, everything, the, the wise thing to do, which doesn't always happen in the NFL, is to, with Trevor Lawrence, is to use your running back effectively and, and, build a really strong game. We've got Lawrence and ATN Jr., who's obviously a young running back you can grow with your team. So I'm kind of doing some guessing and assumptions and also kind of gut feeling going with saying, like, I, I think it's going to be a good year for them. And I think if they play it smartly, he's going to be a big part of the offense, which is why I have him ranked a little bit higher than than some of the other ones in the teens and a little bit lower than some like Joe Mixon, who's a little more established, even my, you know, in and around the Miles Sanders conversation. Like I went back and forth between the two quite a bit, but that's why I have ATN there. I'm very interested to know why he's as far back as 17 for you. Cause that is quite a bit of a difference from, I think where I see him. Uh, it's about, it's on par with, with your explanation. Really. It's just, I have a different view on what I think they're going to do. Uh, cause, cause I agree. I think the Jaguars are going to have a great team. And I think they're going to do great things, but the moves that I've seen them make through the offseason and the draft to me point towards wanting to focus more on the passing game. Uh, like they brought in Kelvin Ridley, like they just re-signed uh, Evan Ingram to a big deal, um, and they drafted a running back. They drafted Tank Bigsby. You know, if you were if they were gung ho on Travis Etienne, they wouldn't have wasted their draft pick on Tank. Um, and then I still have the memory of James Robinson as well right right? because james robinson did great things for them and then now he's on his third team fourth team i can't even keep track third team i guess no yeah third team because the jaguars didn't trade him they cut him right i think that's how that shook out cut him yeah 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 so he went from doing amazing things to them to a minor hiccup I, i think he got injured missed a couple weeks and then he was off the team and now they drafted Travis Etienne when they had James Robinson, and now they've drafted Tank Bigsby while they have Travis Etienne. So for me, I I still think he's going to be a part of their offense. I just think he's not going to be the yeah. focal point of that offense. And I think I there's a lot of other guys who will be. I just don't see why NFL teams don't seem to understand that the Buffalo Bills have won a Super Bowl. <laughs> so why would you go with this no running back model? Like I get it. People point to the Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs, but... Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had a good year, one year. I I wouldn't say the running game last year was awful. It was all over the place and there were some injuries, but Isaiah Pacheco had a decent season. So, like, they clearly, you need to establish a running game, and not everybody has Patrick Mahomes. 
And I'm sorry to Trevor Lawrence, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. So I think you have to establish a strong running game in order to win. So I think right now he's their number one running back. So I just think more will go through him. I get what you're saying. I think we're both like looking at it, obviously in a similar way, but drawing two different conclusions from it, um, which is fair. Uh, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. And that that history can't be ignored, especially with the way the running backs are. They're all unstable because teams will just arbitrarily get rid of like Dalvin Cook and <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott and just release them. So yeah, it could happen to ATN for sure. Yeah, exactly. All right, we have time for one more. And this is where, again, the math just started to get very complicated. We both have, for the Baltimore Ravens, J.K. Dobbins ranked number 15. Yeah, Guess and why is he 13? <laughs> because the next the next five guys behind him are all the the gap is so huge between them. There's at least a ten, 9 or 10 ranking difference. Yeah. That their average draft position or rank position fell yeah. so much lower. So yeah, yeah, 15 is now the new 13 it turns out. Yeah, I guess so. JK Dobbins. I mean that you know, in and around we both had him ranked at 15, in and around the mid teens, I think makes sense for someone like Dobbins with everything that, you know, is going on with him too. You just don't know what his situation is. But in terms of the Ravens, they're going to be u- utilizing their running backs in some way. But with Lamar Jackson, that does take away a bit from from obviously what they do. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of, like our rankings were the same. So we both see him as a mid-teen kind of pick, and that makes sense. Yeah, I think he's going to be involved. I don't think he's going to be... Well, I, don't, I think he's going to have more of an impact this season than he did last year because Lamar Jackson is going to be throwing it a lot more. But at the same time, I think they're going to be calling a lot more pass plays than run yeah. plays. So yeah. it'll all shake out to you know how effective he is on a per carry basis. Yeah. But uh, I, I think and especially with another year behind him from the leg injury, like we, we've talked about how like it was clear that one leg was stronger than the other last season, like guys were yeah. catching him when he should have had home run touchdowns. So I think another year added on, I think he's going to do a lot better. So I'm honestly, I'm comfortable with him even at number 13, but 15 is where he shook out in my rankings and yeah. in yours. Yeah, there you go. I honestly, I know we're ending with him, but like the next couple players are more interesting to me. Cause you've got Aaron, like the number 14 is Aaron Jones. You've got him at 10 and I have him at 21. Like this is where the gap starts. So when people, um, when you join our Patreon and when you get to see our full list as a part of that, we'll be, as I said, we'll be launching it within the next week or so. And we'll announce it and talk about it more next week on the podcast, but you will be able to see the rest of our list. And from that point forward is when the gaps start to really get big between the players. And you and I clearly have different views on how certain players and potentially certain teams are going to do this year. Yeah, that's right. So if you want access to the full rankings 1 through 50, you have to join our Patreon. You'll be able to access our Discord server, print them off, do it, print it off, mark it up, do whatever you want. Scribble in, these guys are idiots. Do whatever you want to do to them. But uh, you'll be able to do all that if you join our Patreon, which will be live uh, at the start of August. And these are our running back rankings as of today, as of July 26th recording. This is our rankings. So if you want the most up-to-date rankings, you're going to have to go to our Patreon because these are going to change as we get more news. You know, especially 
given this unstable running back market that there is right now, like next week we could find out something that completely changes where one of these players are. Talvin Cook could end up as a Patriot for all we know. Um, we could have Ezekiel Elliott joining the Kansas City Chiefs. That's going to completely change all of our rankings. So if you want the most up-to-date rankings, that's what our Patreon is going to be for. You can find out more information about that on our new website once it launches at the start of August. But that is going to be it for today's episode. Thank you for being with us, everyone. Take care. Stay safe.